Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Kresman. Today we're going to be talking about colorectal cancer and its importance, its role in saving lives, and the ability we now have to make sure more people are getting screened for this cancer. So joining us today is Dr. Cho Lam. He's a Huntsman Cancer Institute researcher. Uh, Cho, thank you so much for being a part of our show. Thank you. It's great to be here. We also have Dylan Taylor. He is a physician's assistant with the Carbon Medical Service, and um, that's in Carbon County. Correct, Dylan? Yeah, that's correct. All right. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I know you're both very busy. Healthcare right now is a very uh, demanding uh, occupation, so thank you on behalf of of those you are serving and researching and taking care of uh, day to day. There is a new grant that is out that, in my mind, as a recent cancer survivor, could save the lives of many individuals. And this grant is coming to Huntsman Cancer Institute. Uh, Cho, can you explain to us a little bit about this grant? It's, it's what, $3 million from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention? Correct. Uh, we recently got this grant uh, from the um, from CDC. Uh, the principal investigator for this grant is uh, Dr. Glemic Delville from uh, the Biomedical Informatics, and this is a grant uh, between the Department of Bioinformatics at the University of Utah and uh, Huntsman uh, Cancer Institute uh, Center for Hope, uh, which stands for. Um, health outcomes and population equities. Um, and this is, as you said, a five-year grant, about the, uh, um, uh, $3 million. And the purpose of this grant is to uh, work with our community uh, health clinics across Utah. And these are safety net clinics that serve the uh, patients with low income, uh, patients who are uninsured, and patients, uh, many of these patients are ethnic minority patients, and many of them actually live in rural and frontier area across Utah. And the purpose, the goal of this grant is to actually increase uh, colorectal cancer screening uh, among patients from these clinics. Now, these clinics serve about 168,000 uh, patients across Utah. But um, uh, we know that, for example, um, uh, patients who are eligible for uh, colorectal cancer screening are between uh, age 50 to 75. So we will be targeting uh, at about uh, 30,000 patients across these clinics uh, to increase um, uh, cancer sc- uh, colorectal cancer screening. Um, as I said before, these clinics serve the um, 
uh, uh, patients who are, are underserved, low-income, ethnic minority. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, because of, uh, of, uh, of their uh, life demands on, on these patients, um, their cancer screening rate is very low. Uh, so I'll give you just uh, a simple statistic. Across Utah, uh, our colorectal cancer screening rate is about 75%. Uh, but uh, patients from these clinics, uh, the cancer screening rate is 30%. So yeah. That is dramatically lower, and it's something that you're very familiar with, Dylan. Can you tell us a little bit about why we are seeing such a, a disparity that in these areas, these um, populations, we are seeing such low uh, screening rates, in especially in specifically uh, colorectal cancer? Yeah, there's a couple barriers that make it really challenging for, for our patients to, to get screened or even just kind of come in the door to talk about it with us. Um, actually, the cost and transportation are probably the biggest barriers that we have um, with most patients. Uh, we serve two different community health centers uh, with us through Carbon Medical. Um, patients from every walk of life, private insurance, Medicaid, Medicare, but the large population is uninsured. Um, and so, I mean, cost is probably the biggest uh, challenge for our patients. Um, 81% of our patients that we serve are at least 200% below the poverty line. And so just having them, like I said, make appointment visits, talk about these kind of things, preventative cancer measures, um, much less going to get a colonoscopy and go to a surgical center is pretty unrealistic for most of them. Um, transportation kind of goes along with that, too. If um, our patients do have some sort of reliable transportation, many of them don't have um, you know, gas money to even go one or two miles to the clinic, let alone 30 miles to their surgical center. So um, those are probably the two biggest physical barriers that we see. It's the challenge for most rural healthcare clinics throughout Utah. Are we still dealing with the stigma of colorectal cancer? Because, you know, it has been one of those areas of the body that people are uncomfortable talking about, uncomfortable getting screened. Is that something that you are seeing also as a practitioner, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, that's that's always a challenge, too. Um, I mean, of, of all the cancer prevention that, that we have as far as techniques and diagnostic tool sets, uh, the colorectal is one of the most difficult to get patients to kind of make it a priority to, to, to kind of get, get more testing done on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right, especially when they hear, you know, words like, like cancer, they, they might not want to even have that diagnosis or just kind of shy away from it. Um, so, again, I think more awareness is, is pretty key, and I'm excited excited about this grant. And and this will, as if I'm right, Cho, is this correct? Did you say that this $3 million grant that is coming to Huntsman Cancer Institute, uh, it's a five-year grant, but that can actually help your thinking about 30,000 people get the colo, uh, colorectal cancer screening they need? Uh, yes, we are targeting 30,000 patients. And this is um, what we call a multi-level intervention project. So what we're trying to do is not just to target patients, but also helping clinics so that they can um, remind patients about screening a lot easier. Uh, so, for example, one of the things that we are doing is to help these clinics 
adapt their electronic health record system. Um, so Dylan can talk about this a little bit. So a, a, a typical primary care provider, if they have to do all the recommended preventive measures, they will be spending so much time on those measures that they don't even have time to uh, address the patient's presenting complaints. So given the, the, the high workload, we're trying to design and adapt the electronic health record so that if they are seeing someone who is eligible and is due for colorectal cancer screening, the electronic health record will give them a really quick reminder telling them that, hey, you're working with someone who is due for colorectal cancer screening. And then with one or two clicks, we can order a, a fit test for the patient. And fit tests uh, stand for fecal immunochemical test is a very widespread, uh, commonly used screening test for patients that they can take home and uh, submit a uh, fecal sample. So that's one level. Another level is we're actually sending text message as a reminder to every patient in these clinics. So let's say if you are a patient that you have not been to the clinic for quite some time, um, receiving this text message is useful because uh, we're gonna be sending message to all those who are eligible and due and the message will say to them that uh, you are due for colorectal cancer screening, press one to order a fit test. So we want to make the whole process easy, not only for the provider, but also for the patients to obtain the test. Yeah, so that's actually a good point Chua brings up. So the traditional method for colorectal screening is a I mean, we've all heard of the colonoscopy. Usually it's good for 10 years. Start screening when you're 50. Um, but if that's just not realistic for our patients, there is that fit test option that he's, he's talking about. Basically, when the patients come in, we, we can give them this uh, this uh, sample kit. I'll put together, we'll give them instructions, uh, and then they'll go home and do their sample and then bring it back for us uh, to do a test. And this test will show us if they're higher risk or not for a GI issue, maybe a bleed or you know, uh, colorectal cancer, which then, you know, if they're positive, it'll give us a good opportunity to talk about talk about their results and try to make that a priority and figure out a way to get them proper screen. And if it's negative, you know, then honestly, we can tell them, look, you're, you're lower risk and uh, we can keep an eye on it and check this every year if that's if that's our only option. Um one of the issues we have, we give these tests out to patients and they're kind of lost in tracking, lost to follow up. We don't have a good way in our in our electronic health record to see who we've given them to and kind of keep track of that um, all together in the same system. So, you know, part of this grant is that he's kind of referring to is we can keep tabs on that and see which patients have had them and send them reminders to see if they have more questions or uh, if it's been, say, two weeks after the test. 
um, to kind of remind them to bring it back in and uh, give us a lot better follow-up and kind of get those measures up for everybody. Mm, it's it's uh, quite astounding because for those who've just joined and, us, this is Dylan Taylor. He's the physician assistant with Carbon Medical Service. We're talking about Carbon County. Also joining us is Dr. Cho Lam. He is a researcher with Huntsman Cancer Institute. We are talking about colorectal cancer and a new grant, a $3 million grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that has been awarded to HC. CI to help improve our state's colorectal cancer screening rates. And and we mentioned this off the beginning, I believe, in that colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer that's diagnosed in men and women. So it's very common, and yet we are lagging uh, in getting the screenings that we need and uh, as a Utah population, right? But even more so, dramatically lower in underserved populations, low-income, rural, uh, ethnic minority populations are not getting the life-saving uh, screening. So this grant is set to approach it from those different prongs. Uh, Cho, you were going to say, because to me it's revolutionary to think, all right, we've had all this up-to-date technology that can text me, yep. right, when something needs to come out of the oven. It's now now we can utilize the electronic um, uh, advances that we've had to actually help prod and remind people to take care of their health. Is that right, Cho? That's right. Uh, we're using these new uh, what we call health information technology to prod and remind uh, both the provider and the patient uh, so increase the screening rate. However, that's only part of it because. Um, before we wrote this grant and submit to uh, CDC, we actually have been talking to our uh, community health center partners. And to better understand why is the rate so low for our underserved uh, population. And one of the things that we heard over and over again is, yeah, screening is all well and good, but what if I get positive? Like what's next? I don't have money to get uh, colonoscopy. So what's good it is for me to do the screening if I don't have the money for the next steps? And that's why in this grant, we actually reserved a, a sizable amount of funds uh, for uninsured patients who are test positive for, uh, uh, for colorectal cancer to allow them to uh, obtain uh, colonoscopy, the very important follow-up diagnostic to find out whether or not they actually have uh, colorectal cancer or not. And so that's another piece of this grant that we're hoping will provide incentive uh, for our underserved patients to get screened. Mm. And that to me seems very powerful. Uh, Cho, thank you for sharing that. I And, and Dylan, please correct me, either of you, if, if I'm incorrect. Um, polyps, which are found in individuals' Uh, colons often can lead to cancer. And when they are identified in colonoscopies and removed, it can lessen, if not remove, the risk of cancer. Does that that test that you talked about that could be given annually called the FIT test where you're providing an at-home stool uh, container and directions, they take it home, they bring it back. Can that signal to whoever the science scientist is, the pathologist, looking at that, the results of that kit, can they find whether or not polyps are in there or what is it actually measuring? 
Yeah, so, so not exactly for the fit test. Mm-hmm. It's just pretty much what it's looking for is uh, microscopic amounts of blood that could indicate a polyp or a precancerous lesion um, that would definitely increase their risk for colon cancer or um, to have an active cancer in their colon that uh, is, is bleeding at a level that we can't detect without these tests. And so if they are positive on this test, it tells us their likelihood is um, you know, a, a lot higher than um, if it was a negative result um, to be, uh, you know, have precancerous lesions or, or to even have cancer. And if they have a way to then go get a colonoscopy to get them removed or taken care of with you know, this, uh, this grant program, then um, it'll kind of fix all the, a lot of the problems that we've been having with, with those tests. Mm-hmm. And, and, and getting it, especially to me, the low-cost angle. Uh, that that idea of I can't afford, you know, more involved testing or more involved treatment. Um, now let's just start with what we can, the fit test, go with that information, and then the grant helping to move forward. And yep. and that's quite powerful. Cho, go ahead. Yeah. And, and Rebecca, you're right that like an, another uh, benefit is for, uh, even if the uh, patients do not have uh, cancer per se, but the fit test show that um, – a positive uh, result. Uh, if we are able to get the patients to go in and do a colonoscopy, a lot of the time, the, um, uh, the, uh, when when the uh, GI doc is doing the colonoscopy, they can uh, look at the polyps and they can take out the polyps uh, at a precancerous stage, so that like we can uh, th- there's another way of preventing uh, colorectal cancer uh, uh, to uh, and become. Uh, more impactful for for the patient's health. Hmm. I want to talk a bit about the disparity, too, because uh, I recognize in our audience there are a lot of individuals who are living comfortably in the middle class, uh, others living in the upper middle class. Often we feel like we don't have enough no matter how much we're earning. But we have a significant population in Utah that are living below poverty levels, that are uninsured, and and I'm also seeing, and I am Latina, I'm also seeing that in particular some ethnic populations like the Latina population has lower screening rates as well. How can this grant help reach those minority populations or those who are underserved? How will they find out about it? Does that get, bring us back to Dylan Taylor and other health care providers that are in these rural areas or under? Um, medical clinics that are serving the um, the underserved populations. How how do the, we make that connection? Yeah, so I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I think part of the grant is also um, increasing these tracking systems that also help increase awareness uh, out in the community to uh, try to remind people they are either due for a colorectal screen or just an annual physical exam. Um, I mean, in a perfect world, everyone would go into their primary care provider and uh, sit down with them once a year, get full lab work, get a physical, and talk about these um, preventative medicine uh, discussions or cancer prevention methods. Um, but that's just not the reality of things right now. And so, you know, the more awareness is out there and reminders we can get out to people, then the more they'll come in and have that opportunity to, to go over that and talk about the treatment options. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you uh, absolutely correct, Dylan. And uh, like uh, for us to uh, have this grant uh, to be able to do uh, outreach, that's important. Uh, another thing that I think uh, answering your questions, Rebecca, how do we reach uh, these population? Uh, is the um, our partnership 
with the community uh, health centers across Utah is exactly how we want to reach these populations. Because uh, as I said before, uh, these clinics serve um, minority patients, uh, low-income patients, uh, um, patients who live in rural frontier area, exactly the underserved patients that, uh, that we, we want to reach. Um, and one thing about um, these clinics is um, they don't have the same type of resource as, let's say, the University of uh, Utah um, Health. They don't have the same resource as in the mountain uh, healthcare. Uh, they don't have the same resource as Huntsman Cancer Institute. Uh, something as simple as uh, electronic health record. Uh, many of them use uh, less expensive electronic health records that do not have the same level of functionalities like the system that we use here at University of Utah or physician use at Intermountain Health. And that's why, uh, for example, uh, these, uh, this grant helped us to go into these clinics and work with the provider, work with the clinic leadership in adapting their uh, electronic health records, the EHR system, so that it makes uh, the task of reminding patients uh, to do colorectal cancer screening much easier for them. Uh, and that's another way for us to uh, reach out to this population, not only working in clinics that serve this population, but also try to uh, narrow that digital divide between the uh, have and have not. Mm. Have is may, uh, maybe the, uh, the, um, the, the, uh, the health system at uh, University of Utah and in among the health and the have-nots are uh, these uh, community health clinics. Uh, they're using uh, systems that are lax, uh, less flexible um, than the system that we use here at the University of Utah. And to me, it's extraordinary. And I'll add this, uh, Cho, thank you so much, is that my cancer treatment has occurred at Huntsman uh, Cancer uh, Hospital. And all I need to do yep. is click on my chart log in. I can see the notes of all of my most recent uh, visits. I can see the results of the scans, the MRIs, the surgery. I can see my upcoming appointments. I can see what screenings I'm missing. And the same thing with Intermountain Healthcare with their My Health Portal, uh, where that information is accessible uh, to us with a click of uh, of a mouse or on a smartphone. So this is interesting because the grant, as it's described to me, is part of an ongoing partnership with the University of Utah's Department of Biomedical Informatics. So they're helping with that area as you talk about how do we reach these underserved populations and let them know we've got grants. We can help you get screened. We can help you navigate uh, your lack of diagnosis or your diagnosis um, forward. Mm -hmm. You're using your partnership with the Utah Community Health and Community Health Centers, that association, correct? Correct, correct, exactly. So this, uh, as you you say, uh, this is a partnership between uh, the Department Department of Biomedical Informatics, uh, the Center for Hope uh, at the University of Utah Huntsman Cancer Institute, and the Community Health Centers. And this is one of the uh, uh, five projects that we have right now. Uh, we have another project that, uh, for example, try to connect smokers to the state quit line and evidence-based treatment. Uh, we have another one that are working with these clinics to increase COVID-19 testing. Uh, among the patients, uh, another one for 
uh, HPV vaccination. Uh, so yeah, this is a very strong uh, partnership that we have established uh, to to work with. Um, uh, the underserved population across Utah. It's been a fascinating discussion. It's hard to wrap this up. Um, and I appreciate so much the hours and dedication both of you have made, both from the research angle and the healthcare practice angle. Uh, but Dylan, before I let you go, uh, a physician assistant in Carbon County, uh, what would you recommend someone listening to if if they haven't had a colorectal screening? How important do you see that as a healthcare provider? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of the one of the you know, few things that we can really do to completely, in, in a lot of cases, prevent a cancer from from happening, which will devastate you know not just the lives of the patients and their family members, and and, and make a big impact on the healthcare system itself. But I mean, the more the more um, healthcare costs go up for cancer treatments, the more you know taxpayers um, are affected and the whole community at large. So. Is kind of one of those issues that the uh, everybody is better off the more healthy a community is, and um, that's why this is so important. So everybody should, you know, just make it a priority to to try to prevent these things from from happening in the first place instead of trying to fix them, you know, um, after after the fact, right? I mean, the the saying of a an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I think it's a Benjamin Franklin quote, which is so applicable to to healthcare, and that's kind of what this is aimed at. So it's just a great thing. Absolutely. And I always like to add my voice. The earlier you detect something, the more hope you have in treating something, the less interventions, the, the the easier the treatments are on your body because going through surgery and chemo and things like that, I, personally, I could, I've experienced it. It is It can be challenging, but there is life, um, you know, as we move forward. Uh, Dylan T- Taylor, thank you. Uh, from the Carbon Medical Service, a physician assistant, Dr. Cho Lam with the Huntsman Cancer Institute, uh, a researcher, a leading researcher, I should say, in this area. Um, Dr. or Cho, I have a phone number. Is it okay if I share this if people are looking for more information about this? Absolutely, yes. one 424 2100 That's one 424-2100. And the grant is available. Uh, how soon, Cho, will we see this $3 million grant being implemented? Uh, the grant is already funded. Uh, we are hoping to roll out the um, the, the project to, the, to our first clinic um, in 2021, so in a couple of months. That's just fantastic. And thank you yeah. as we work together to help diagnose uh the most third most common cancer in Utah for both men and women. Cho Lam and Dylan Taylor, thank you for being our guests today on Utah Weekly Forum. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.